insights, keys, and perspective to everyday living through the lens of God. My name is Jason Parks, and I'm your guest host today. If this is your first time, welcome. Uh, come on in. Make yourself at home. Uh, if this is uh, not new to you, welcome back. Come on in. It's good for you to be home again. Either way, I encourage you to uh, support Vantage Point through Patreon and through your listening across all platforms. Do me a favor, share this podcast with anyone and everyone you believe can benefit uh, from a podcast that can meet you where you are and help facilitate your growth to where you desire to be. That is Vantage Point. Um, today, I have the privilege of revisiting a series from 2021 uh, titled Tomorrow, uh, where Nick was helping us navigate a world of uncertainty. Um, in that previous series, he gave us the red flags of worry and doubt, among some other things, and um, how those things impact us, right? And it's understandable if and when, right, worry or doubt try to occupy our, our minds. The reality is none of us are 100% certain about our tomorrow. And there are so many factors in the world that um, add to that uncertainty. So today, I just want to share two keys that I believe can help us. Um, let me start by sharing a little bit uh, about me since we're family now, right? Um, I love uh, seeing certain stories on social media where uh, someone is positively reaping what they sold years before. Um, so imagine this. Just go with me in my imagination right here. Um, a middle-aged man is walking down the street um, and a tattered so uh, soccer ball rolls past him and a young boy in ragged clothes running closely behind that ball. Uh, in that moment, a man sees the condition of the young boy and um, has this feeling internally to do something about it. So he, he just so happens to be in front of this local store that has some children's clothing and toys and some food and some candy. And so he just rushes into that store to get the boy some clothing. And he gets him a new soccer ball and he feeds the boy, right? And so then fast forward, years later, that middle-aged man is older, but he's falling on some hard times. He goes into the grocery store for food and he checks out and he realizes he does not have enough um, for his groceries. He can't pay for them. But um, right behind him is this tall, strapping young man in a suit who's obviously a business person. And he decides to pay for the old man's groceries. And that story is wrapped up so beautifully uh, because the strapping young man is that little boy that the older man helped um, years before. Isn't that a great story? I mean, <laughs> honestly, I do love those uh, types of stories. Uh, life is uh, not packaged to, to fit uh, neatly in a box like that. And um, it doesn't get wrapped up clearly uh, like that story does. Um, however, there is a lesson to be gleaned from these types of stories. There is a connection between what we do today and how God uses that to fit into this overall story that we call life. Um, essentially, this wraps up and, and fits into his perfect will and accomplishes his perfect plan. And so when we talk about the uncertainty of tomorrow, I believe that there are some 
time-tested um, keys that help us remain free and deliberate about how we live today, understanding that what we do today impacts tomorrow. Um, in other words, what we do today can help us hedge our lives for tomorrow, um, even though we, we may not know what tomorrow may bring. Um, the, the first key is biblical, but it's not popular. Um, it's almost counter-cultural. Um, the key is obedience. I know. Yep, I know. When we talk about tomorrow, when we, we, we talk about what's to come and certainty, we want to hear things like uh, destiny. We want to hear about purpose or calling. And uh, here I am bringing up a boring antiquated and sometimes taboo word uh, like obedience. Um, and I know, I mean, obedience receives kind of this negative um, connotation because of how some people have used it against the vulnerable. Um, but God has told us how important it is for us to obey, especially when it comes to obeying him. Um, Jesus told a woman in, in Luke 11, blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. And then John 14, um, which uh, John 13 through 15, I just absolutely love this series of teaching um, as Jesus prepares his disciples for him to be crucified. He says in John 14, those who accept my commandments and obey them, they are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my father will love them and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Now, I just want to point out something here. There is an acceptance of his word, right? We have to accept it and not see it as information, but it truly is revelation from God. Then the Holy Spirit illuminates that word for us and his command for us to understand, then apply them and obey them continuously. But this verse gives us what happens in this uncertain tomorrow, right? We are loved by the Father and by Christ. And then we're living in the tomorrow where Christ is manifested. Like, this is a clear, direct impact to our tomorrow, a life where Christ is manifested. Now, uh, let me give you an example of uh, a direct impact of obedience and indirect impact with regards to our tomorrow. See, um, you know, I grew up in this household where, you know, when my mother said something, it was law, right? Um, and on Saturday morning, uh, it was time to clean the house. That's, that's what it was. She would give me the kitchen um, because that's really all she trusted me with. You know, my standard instructions were to sweep and mop the floor and do the dishes. And so then she would go out and run some errands, straightforward instructions. And she expected me to be done by the time she got home. It usually worked out that way. But here's a scenario where things wouldn't uh, end so well. And I'm not confirming or denying that this actually happened or uh, similar uh, situations. But uh, imagine that I received my standard instructions, okay? And uh, then I proceeded to paint the basement walls. 
And then I proceed to fix uh, the broken doorbell. And then I take out the trash and I put the trash in the trash cans and then I roll those trash cans uh, out to the driveway. Okay, so I'm, I'm really hitting it hard today. But by the time my mother comes home, she walks in the door before uh, I can actually do the kitchen floors and, and the dishes. So then uh, she asked me about the floor and the dishes and I boldly point out, look at those freshly painted walls. And then um, she, she says, okay, I see that. But then I boldly point out the fixed doorbell and then uh, I point her towards the trash on the curb. Now, what do you think her response will be? I mean, would I have uh, any grounds to say I completed the task I was given? Can I claim that I was obedient to her direction and her instructions? I, I think the answer is absolutely not. Even though I did all of these good things, uh, they were not the things that I was told to complete regarding my assignment. So what, let me, let me, let me push that a little bit further. What if I said to my mother, um, I'm tired, you know, I know I didn't do the dishes and I didn't, uh, you know, do the floors, but I got it next Saturday. Now, guess what my mother would say? Okay. She would not be giving me a reprieve because I didn't complete the assignment. She wouldn't say, take it easy because you did the doorbell. You took out the trash. No, she would say, get your tired self up and do what I told you to do. She would tell me that I wasted time and energy on something that I was not supposed to be doing. She would then quote, this is my mother. She would then quote scripture and say that your sacrifice was great, but obedience is better than sacrifice. Yeah. This is how we can prepare and hedge our tomorrows. We can commit to obedience to what God actually tells us to do and not settle for sacrifice that uh, of things and obligations that we make up ourselves, right? The, the, the assignment and the priority in our life, it, it requires for us to obey God. And though we may be busy doing so many other things, we need to obey him because God's commands for us today are connected to his will and his will involves all of the intricate details within time, right? And involving people that bring us to an expected end. So when we don't obey him, we don't complete the assignment he's given us. Furthermore, we wear ourselves out on task, not in his perfect will. So when we, we think about the, the plan and the will of God, I want you to consider this. Obeying God today impacts our tomorrow because of a few things. One, because we actually please the Father by completing his task. We bring him glory and we give him 
praise and honor even through just doing what he tells us to do. That's the first thing. We, we please him. The second thing is he provides grace, you know, resources, people, etc., for us to complete the task. So in his will, there is grace. We bring him joy. Then he gives us grace to complete the task. Thirdly, when we are obeying him, we are prepared and focused on whatever comes tomorrow because we are prepared and focused on his perfect will. We haven't wasted valuable energy on uh, things and people and assignments and opportunities that, that come and we jump at them. But we are lined up with his perfect will. This is a direct impact on us because we choose to obey him. Now, let me share and kind of expand that. Here are, here's an uh, indirect impact when, when we don't obey him and we don't finish our assignments. The people who follow us, the people who are watching us are impacted. They aren't able to complete their assignments. And perhaps at the very least, they're not in the position to obey because they're following us as we're supposed to be following God. They're not where they're supposed to be at because we're leading the charge in disobedience. I'll give you an example. And there's, again, so many examples. I only have so long to be with us together uh, now. But uh, 1 Timothy, the fourth chapter, which I love. And uh, the, the 15th and 16th verse, I think, will illustrate um, this point and, and kind of give us the heart of God regarding this. This is Paul talking to Timothy, of course. And he says, and this is the Amplified version. He says, practice and work hard on these things. And these things is the calling of uh, God that, that Paul has explained to, to Timothy. Work on these things. Be absorbed in them. Completely occupied in your ministry so that your progress will be evident to all. Pay close attention to yourself. Concentrate on your personal development and to your teaching. Persevere in these things. Hold on to them. For as you do, you ensure your salvation, but also those that hear you. You see that connection? Paul was telling Timothy, as you are obedient to your call, those that follow you will be obedient and they will be impacted. Timothy's assignment was to preach and to develop and to focus on what God had given him through Paul. And through him focusing on his assignment, those who heard him, those who followed him would also live a life reflective of their salvation and the assignment to which they were called. So for us as a, a leader, a parent, a spouse, a boss, whatever that capacity is, as we obey God, we are leading others and pointing to the assurance and certainty of God. Our obedience to God, our focus on what he has called us to do today directly impacts our ability to stand before him, but it indirectly impacts those who are watching us. So though we may not know what comes tomorrow, it's uncertain. 
our obedience to God and, and obedience to the calling he has given us ensures that we are hedged because our, our tomorrow then is secured in the will of God, is secured by God and his promises. And as the scripture told us, we will see a manifested Christ in our lives. So we need to obey. And by obeying, it allows us to have some certainty for tomorrow, even though tomorrow is uncertain. Now, let me give you this next key. And this one um, I'm giving you is, is found in Exodus. It's found in Deuteronomy. Um, it's found in Ephesians. So listen, it probably is important when you see something repeated that, that way, uh, that much. The second key is honor. Here's Ephesians 6, the second verse. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on earth. It's pretty straightforward. If you look at the definition of honor, it, it's an adherence to um, what is right or uh, conventional standard of conduct, right? It's, it's, it involves respect, right, in behavior and interaction. It's doing what's right based upon what we know to be right. I want to add to that definition. It's deciding to engage someone according to how the relationship looks at its best. That definition, that relationship at its best comes from God. It's God's stated definition. And if there is not clarity around the definition of this relationship, then we can see um, the principles and kind of common knowledge and cultural uh, relevance. How has God maybe not stated it specifically, but how has he mapped it out on earth and around us? Now, uh, honor is one of these things. Um, there are many areas and distract and in, in directions rather that, that God gives us to point honor. So I know I use the verse with parents. Um, I, I think it's just very straightforward. It starts from a place where um, it's immediate, right? To tell you that honor is important because we're supposed to do it starting as children. Uh, but in this verse, like it is for parents, also there are uh, verses that speak to uh, honoring those in authority in a secular world, right? Our, our bosses, our uh, uh, political leaders, etc. right? And he also tells us to honor those in positions of spiritual authority, uh, such as elders or pastors. In each of these directions or, or people groups, God is directing us to operate with honor and to honor with our actions, our reactions and our responses, regardless of the target of our honor. The way to best do it is by starting with God's definition and how he sees it. <sighs> so listen, when we talk about a parent, how he interacts and how we're supposed to interact with our children and how a child is supposed to interact with a parent. I know it's tough um, because in this moment, you are putting a face 
with that name of mother or father um, or boss, what have you. But the thing about honor is that we're not honoring um, for the person's good. We're, we're not honoring the person, but above that, we are honoring God. And that's important to remember. As a believer, when I decide to honor, it, it has a twofold impact. It's signaling that I am accepting God's definition of honor. He says, this is how a parent and child are supposed to interact. This is how I'm supposed to interact with uh, and pray for political leaders. This is what God is saying. This is his definition of, of honoring a parent, leader, boss, what have you. Secondly, I am accepting who God has allowed to be in my life. And that is acknowledging the sovereignty of God. I am accepting his definition. He's sovereign. I am accepting who he has put in my life because he's sovereign and he has a plan. Good, bad, and ugly. We are submitting to the sovereignty of God. Um, we're family, right? Okay. Uh, I'll admit, I, I deal with my own share of struggles and issues around this. Um, when it when it comes to honoring my own father, um, in the past we've had a rocky relationship. Um, from my perspective as a son, he didn't deserve honor based upon his conduct towards me. From my perspective as a son, um, there was plenty of evidence why he not only did not deserve honor, but he actually deserved dishonor and a little bit of disrespect, being transparent. But um, even with that, I was not and still not exempt from honoring him as my father. And I have to continually revisit this, right? Step one, God still says to honor my father. God says that honor means respecting him based upon God's definition. He is a father because, hey, I wouldn't be here without him, right? As a son, God defines how I should engage him because he's my father. And even though there's turbulence and issues and um, I'm going to accept this as the right thing to do because it is right and because God said so. Step two, I have to accept to honor this specific man who is my father. This man who comes with an entire package of habits and issues and idiosyncrasies and behaviors, good, bad, and ugly. But I'm choosing to honor him and I'm not going to judge whether that relationship is ideal or perfect, but I'm telling God, God, I'm accepting who you have given me. And I'm going to use that definition of honor for this particular relationship. I'm going to allow my conduct towards this man to be the best it can be according to the best definition you have given. I'm submitting my definition and upholding it uh, God's definition. Um, I tell you, I've struggled with it. But I can also tell you that when I have admitted my struggle and continue to submit my definition, 
God continues to honor me. He continues to answer prayer because I'm choosing to honor my father and honor God. You know, it's not neat. It's not neatly tied up as a, as, as that story that I shared with you earlier. Um, and I've honestly wanted my father to be more like that, that man in that story who, um, reached out to that young boy and did something and loved him in a, through his actions. But um, once I submitted myself to God's definition and uh, who God put in my life, uh, God began to change my perspective. Then he changed my heart. Then he gave me more acceptance of who's in my life. And then he gave me the ability to forgive. You know, for me, it's my father, you know, but perhaps the relationship you're thinking about right now where it's some difficulty uh, regarding honor, maybe it's your boss. Maybe you're in a, a believer in, in, a, in the marketplace and your job is tough. Your boss is difficult. Uh, God still gives us instructions to honor. This honor is also inclusive of church leaders. And I think, you know, we've all heard uh, the subject and, and, and talked to people that have, have dealt with church hurt. And so maybe you find it difficult to honor a spiritual leader that uh, maybe you don't see as so spiritual. But, but God is still calling us to honor. And when we honor, we submit our definition of who they are and what they should be doing to God's definition. And we submit to the fact that he has given us that person right now and we're to honor them. And, and also through, through accepting God's definition today, choosing to honor those he has allowed in our lives, it positions, it positions us to be changed by God tomorrow. Similar to how my perspective changed and it led me to forgiveness, God allows us to be healed when we honor. He allows us to be set free tomorrow when we honor. And he allows us to be delivered tomorrow when we honor today. So, I mean, I'm praying and I, I truly hope that even as we spent this time together, that we all can continue to put in front of us and continue to focus on the fact that it's not about the uncertain tomorrow that, that needs to be the center of our focus. It's actually relying on a certain God today and every day. You know, when we lean on obeying God today, and honoring him today and honoring the people around us today, whether again, it's parent, boss, coworker, spouse, whomever it is, he promises to manifest himself in our lives today and tomorrow. He promises to love us to the point that nothing can separate us from his love. He promises the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us in uncertain times. He promises that 
though the times are uncertain, our times are in his hands and he will be faithful even until the end of time. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you that our times are in your hands. I thank you that you have given us a certain word, a sure word, the revelation of your word. And we have the Holy Spirit to illuminate that word, to help us to obey. And even in the situation of honor, help us to submit to your definition of who we are to honor and how we are to honor. And I pray that as we lay hold to you, whatever the future may hold, whatever tomorrow may bring, that we are certain that you are faithful, that we are certain that you care for what we care about, that we are certain that you are looking for an opportunity to show yourself strong and that we are your people. We are your sheep. We are your friends. And so our tomorrow is sure because you are sure. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for this opportunity. I appreciate the chance to be with you. I will see you next time. Continue to support Vantage Point. Bye-bye.